Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. This is Adam. We are the Queer Arabs, and we are here with a very special guest. Hello, can you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. This is uh, Laith Mackley. I'm an actor, and yeah. Yeah. Here I am. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We are super excited. We just finished the second season of Rami, where you might know Laith as Uncle Nassim, um, the villain that ends up having a really heartbreaking backstory. Um, And we definitely want to talk about Rami, but before we get into that, um, Laith, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into acting and TV and kind of where your whole career started? Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, um, so I I moved from Syria like when I was 20 years old mm-hmm. and I secretly wanted to be an actor, you know, but you know, for those who know, um, even, even in America, it's like, you can't even say that you want to right. be, an actor. <laughs> yeah. you know, you have to be, uh, expected to become a doctor engineer, you know, this, the same old, you know, and mm-hmm. the same thing right there, you know? So, um, um, it was like something that I always wanted to do. It's my secret. So when I arrived here and I started and I, I think, when I was 20, so I met some people. I found a way to get into it, and I was promised all these things, and you know, and I thought I was gonna be like, oh, the next star, and all that stuff, and and then was faced with big disappointment, and I was so discouraged and insecure about it, and I left. Uh, no, oh, then I had another incident. I had an incident where um, this producer, I met this producer who was gonna make me a star, and all that stuff, and because that's how our minds operated, mm-hmm. you know, so young, you think about stardom, you don't think about the craft or the art or having a voice and, and, you know, and then that, you know, slowly led to a realization that this man was trying to get me into the porn industry. So for me, oh, uh, wow. <laughs> oh my God, for me, yeah, it was, it was, so I was so disenchanted. I'm like, acting is not for me. Uh, so then I, I was always athletic and I became, you know, a bodybuilder and, and it was something I controlled and I um, became a champion, you know, here and then they heard about me in Syria and I went back to Syria and became Mr. Syria and I was going to do the world championships. Wow. And then, wow. And I was just, but I was miserable, like, so I was miserable. And then I took a, you know, I was 29, I took an acting class and I just loved it. And I literally put everything behind me and I said, this is what I want to do. And, and that's when the journey started in 99, you know, and it wasn't until really I found the proper school and, and, you know, very good program I was accepted into and I studied and graduated in 2003 and then started the journey. And that's, uh, that was the beginning of it. Wow. And you've lived in New York since then? I've been in New York since June 12th, 1990. I'm kind of curious, like, so the same way people react to being an actor, like that's not a real career, blah, blah, blah. How do people react to bodybuilding? Um, it's funny because bodybuilding in America is very different than it is in the Middle East or in Syria. Like, mm-hmm. so in America, you know, it's, it's really honest to God, you, you, the only way you can make a living if you become a personal trainer or if you, uh, you know, end up opening a gym or get involved in the business side of, of being a, a bodybuilder. But as far as competing and all that stuff, it only costs so much money. Cost much more money than you will ever make, and most likely you will never make money. There's like ten bodybuilders in the world that make money, mm. but when you go to Syria, like when I went to Syria, it was something that they have not seen before. I was like, I mean, they call me the Emriki, you know, and <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I shot the same over there, and uh, with my two childhood friends, we ended up opening a gym. It was the first gym of its kind, you know. We had you know co-ed times, which was did not sit well with many people. I mean. We received uh, serious threats from from certain mosques and, mm-hmm. and, and clerics. You know what I mean. Um, but that started everything. Now and then, soon after that, like there were gyms popping up everywhere. So over there, I was able to do something with it. But over here, no, nothing except for I think the best I took from it was discipline. I learned I learned uh, how to be disciplined um, because you have to be. If you're if you're an athlete and a competitive athlete, and also you know, I look at it now. I go when I look at the episode, the opening of the episode. Yeah, I'm like, 
you know, because we planted that in the first season, like I improvised it and then we planted it that I was Mr. Egypt runner up because I really <laughs> wanted to bring my personal history into it, you know, and when I look at that opening, that montage, mm -hmm. yeah, brings so much joy to me. It makes me like go like, you know what, all those years of bodybuilding were just for this. <laughs> yeah, it made its way in there. You combined so much in that one scene of like so much of your career in life. The gym, you know, supported my family for all those years. I mean, it, uh, you know, and even now it's still open now, but now it's like almost like a charity because, you know, since the war in Syria, you know, and the, the crumble of the economy, you know, basically, you know, we keep it open so just people can exercise because, you know, the, the, the the dollar rate is like uh, incredible, so people can't really afford to pay. So it just really oh, pays that's for awesome. The service like nobody, nobody makes money from it anymore. But it's a we keep it open just to serve the community. Wow, that's great to hear that. Like what yeah. she built is still running and doing good things, yeah. even though you've moved on. Yeah. What was that shift like for you when you started to study to be an actor? When I have, uh, when I make a decision, like the people who know me from a long time ago, they know how stubborn I am. They know when I make you know, a decision, like when people told me like before, you know, when I was younger that I have thick skin, I'll never be able to build muscle or get ripped. I, I was so determined and that champion that told me that in the late 80s. You know, when I went back to win Mr. Syria, he was on stage and I beat him. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes, Mr. Syria. <laughs> that, that's so cool. <laughs> dedicated, like, I feel like, you know, uh, um, you know, that I have to do. So when I started acting, of course, you know, like, you know, the parents with my mom would like, okay, try it for another six months, you know? I'm like, I'm like, okay, mom, I'll try it for another six months, you know? Because they know it's hard, you know, and I know it's hard, you know, but I'm so determined. And I'm not delusional. I knew that, you know, I knew that I was, I was good, that I knew I wasn't bad and like, and following this dream um, for nothing, you know? Right. So, um, um, and I, so I didn't stop and I had so many hurdles that, you know, maybe we'll talk about in another episode, like with, you know, so many hurdles that, uh, yeah. but nothing stopped me because I'm just stubborn and I'm so determined and I'm motivated by those people who, doubted me who said things you know and sadly there are people from our community which we're upsetting because you know we, we lack that we lack that sometimes we lack that support yeah mm -hmm. you would hope that it's your own community you could find support in and sometimes well, we it, we get the support, but the journey is where people need the support like i've been so supportive uh, it, it, my heart flutters whenever i see like an arab american or just an arab wanting to become an artist so i like i get so much joy you know yeah. I never did get that. Um, maybe two people, and uh, and uh, in Greenwich Village, me and my friend, we opened. When I said I want to pursue acting, I said I don't want to work for anyone. So we opened a candle shop. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, bodybuilder, and then this this like national like uh, uh, martial arts champion opening this shop. It's like just like the oddest couple ever. <laughs> You're like I just want. That's to really smell cute, good. actually. Yeah, yeah. Like I just want to. Smell good things for a while. <laughs> In the middle of Greenwich Village, you know what I mean? It was just so, and we were doing so well, you know, it was so good. And then 9-11 came and, and that like, you know, killed the tourist business and people stopped like, you know, buying candles for dinner and stuff like that. So yeah. we had to close and I was in debt and I was doing so many jobs, so many jobs to survive mm -hmm. school. They were like, you know, they, gave me work study they you know they helped me in my education and uh, but like I remember working for one guy for an Arab guy I won't say his name he knows who he is <laughs> um, uh, uh, and I was working with him at night uh, we would go to the Hunts Point Market and load the truck with uh, vegetables and go distribute them to his customers you know so every night he'll pick me up at one o'clock in the morning there'll be another kid uh, with us and uh, you know I'll be studying my lines for class I'll be doing stuff and you know, and he'd always, you know, do micro, I call it a microaggression and, and I mean, like, come on, come on, act for me, act for me, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's so, uh, so aggressive, you know, and then one time I, I remember hearing him, I was loading, you know, crates of tomatoes into the truck and I heard him telling the other guy that, you know, in, in Arabic, which is even sounds even worse, it's like, you know, late has to be 
realistic about his expectations, his dreams are too big for him. You know what I mean? And and that never went away. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, ironically, at the last event that I saw you at, Adam, at the uh, when we did readings at the Lark. Right at the Lark, yeah. A, a woman approached me and says and introduced herself, and then uh, and it turns out she is that guy's wife. This is like we're talking oh about. Oh my gosh! There's a whole bunch of people, and oh my I, God. <laughs> I, I told them the story. I said, you know. Um, I just want to say that your husband, you know, has a good part of my success, you know, and, and, and she was smiling, says, yeah, it sounds like him. So I'm like, well, don't get too excited. It will happen. I told him the story and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? She, you know, I think she felt really terrible. And, I, you know, her silence in a way was like she she believed that that's something that he would say. But, uh, but you know, there you go. So 18 years later, you know, so... Um, um, and and uh, anyway, that's part of my journey. I always love telling that story. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's interesting and sad. Like people will support you after you're successful, but not when you're mm-hmm. in the process, which is when you sometimes need it the most. Like yeah. I felt that too. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I have history with Rami. You know, we supported each other, and look what he does now. I mean, he's like he's incredibly supportive of the community. He's like anyone he can help, he will help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah generosity and everything and, and it's incredible like you know and I'm you know I, I I was always supportive to begin with and now I'm even learning how to be more supportive from this kid like when you started like working as an actor what types of roles were you playing oh my god you're gonna laugh a lot I have I have a couple stories about um I want to I, I want to tell about uh, <laughs> okay. so, so the first I remember the first role I did my friend, uh, Deb Jackal, she called me, you know, I didn't have an agent, like right after I graduated, she says, late, I got an appointment for you to meet with this agent so we can submit you for this thing. It's a big, it's a recurring role on a TV show and having trouble casting it. So go meet with him tomorrow. So I went the following day, met with this agent, you know, and, you know, and we had, he was a Syrian, he was Syrian Jewish, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so we had a lot to talk about and, and all that stuff. And then he sent me on this audition and I booked it. I booked in my work for like three weeks on this show. And then my friend, my friend, uh, it was so exciting. It was a big deal. My friend Anya, like she was the only one who had a huge television, like a 60 inch television. This is in 2003 or four. And, and she's like, we're, we're gonna have a viewing party for you. So we had all these people over and it was great. And then <laughs> and we're all watching and the episode starts and we're all so excited. And then I come on and then my first line is like, Allah, what fire, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I start like trying to kill people and then I die and it was just like so great. Oh my god. You know, you go through so I went, you know, so you know, I got my SAG card, I made a lot of money, uh, paid a good chunk of the debt from the candle shop, uh, you know, and and it was good. And then, you know, um you have to structure your journey, you know what I mean? Like like we're in a long it's a long journey to change things, to change the industry, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, there's always going to be terrorist roles. So rather than complaining about like, oh, the terrorist roles, don't do them and figure something else out or do them, you know, and then move on. Like I did mm-hmm. it, I, you know, and then there were roles. I didn't have much control. You don't have control, much control in the beginning because you want to work. You know, yeah. you can't, you know, you have to get to a point where you start saying no and no and no. You know what I mean? Because cause you don't want to be that person who rejects everything, you know, and you have to yeah. be part of the world. And then, because I got to a point where I stopped rejecting, where I started rejecting every role that I got that was not, you know, something I'd like to do, like, like terrorist roles that are just like one dimensional, not mm-hmm. even two. And then, you know, my agent friend, uh, uh, who's a good friend, told me like, listen, you gotta, you know, you gotta do, if you get one of these like, you know, big roles. We just have to just build your resume, and start doing like recurring roles, so we can get you to the next level and. And I'm like, okay. So then I got a, I got an audition for a show, like a, a big recurring six episodes, and it's a very well-known popular show, a reincarnation of a very well-known show. And and then I got the part, you know, and you know, traveling to Atlanta, you know, I was making a lot of money, and which was good. And I had this big recurring on my on my resume, which will help propel me to the next level. So 
I told the casting director when I was there, you know, after the audition, I said, I just want to let you know whether I get this part or not. I think this name needs to be changed. <laughs> you know, because this name is extremely offensive. It's not an Arab name because the character was like Malaysian or something and they had a different name. Mm, so, okay. you know, so I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. That's, that's good to know. And then I went to, um, then I got the part and I, uh, <laughs> the first thing I did, I met with the producers and the director and I'm like, I brought it up again, the name. I'm like, this is extremely offensive. I know, you know, you're changing the character. It's Middle Eastern now. Just I think this name is extremely offensive. It's like, uh, um, it's really, it's the worst curse word in in, in the in Arab world. You know, oh. you change the name. I'm like, okay, okay. So then I'd email the writers. I would email the writers and like, please, Jim, nobody will get back to me. And then they, uh, um, um, you know, first episode, second episode. By fourth episode, they're like, okay, they didn't establish the name. So I'm like, you know what? At least they didn't establish the name, you know? And then, of course, later on, they established the name and I was horrified. And, and yeah, they didn't change the name. And the name, I don't know, is this... Do we, oh, I think I've heard you tell the story before. Are we censored? Are we censored here? Can I say it? You can say it, yeah. We're, Go for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So the name, and, and no matter how you try to say this word, how you try, you know how you sometimes try to change your pronunciation? Yeah. So no matter how you change it, this, this, it comes out the same. It comes out the same, you know? And the, and the, the name of the character was Kusuma. Oh. <laughs> That's insane. You know speak Arabic, you know what that means. And it's like, you know, you're cursing someone's mother, you know, just like you're calling your mom's vagina, which is like the biggest insult ever. Oh, God. Who so came the, up with that? I have, like, no idea. I have no idea. That's why. So so this is where change needs to happen. You know, it's like, um, you know, change needs to happen in the writer's room. Uh, it needs to happen with, uh, you know, people who make decisions, you know. Um, you know, that's why this movement that's happening is incredible for everyone. You know, mm -hmm. it's incredible for the black community, but it's incredible for everyone because it's going to change everything for everyone. You know, when we get executives and in, 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 as for the arts, you know, in, 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 in uh, uh, decision-making positions, you know what I mean? And get more diversity in the writer's room, it's going to change. So it's good. But that's, that's, you know, and that was the last time I would ever do anything like that. You know, if I'm going to play a terrorist. It better be a goddamn three-dimensional, like, yeah. I don't care if he's a bad guy, but I need to know that, you know, um, um, it needs to be something special because no more cardboard characters, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, sometimes, like, within the community, we could be really critical of actors who take terrorist roles. But also, like, that's how you get your foot in the door. And then it's a matter of, well, once you're in the door, like, what are you pushing for? Yeah, like, you once you have career. a little bit of power. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, you can't be, you know, um, I don't, I don't regret anything because that's how you're going to start. If you're going to start off by saying, no, 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 no. Right. And you know, nobody will call you in. Nobody will want you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's the journey. Those roles are always going to exist. No matter how, how advanced we get, you know, those roles are always going to exist, you know, and you can't really, if you have a role, if you, if you're doing a show about terrorism and they have some terrorists who have like, two lines in there, you know what I mean? You can't really make them three-dimensional because they're not important, you know? Mm -hmm. so, but you're gonna need someone to play them. So if you're gonna get your SAG card and get in the door and build a resume, then do it, you know? Yeah. Do it hard enough just to say, to get to say anything on TV or, or on film. It's like a very difficult business to crack in. So if you have that advantage and you can just like, you know, get in, do it. And then one day when you have a voice, it's about, it's about getting to to have a voice, you know. I tell I tell I tell I tell this thing when people ask me about my acting journey. I said when I was twenty, um, you know, I won't lie. I wanted to be an actor because I wanted to be a star. I wanted fame. I wanted to be Van Damme. I wanted to, you know, all that all that crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when I was when I twenty nine, I took an acting class and I, I started uh, um, 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 doing that. It made me so happy. I said I want to be an actor because it made me so happy. You know, mm -hmm. made me happy. And then when, when you know, 9-11 happened and then I started school right after 9-11, like a week after, you know, then I said, you know, 
oh my God, I, I need to become an actor so I can have a voice. And that was it. And it took all these years for me to have a voice. And now I feel I have a voice. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's incredibly, I, I, it's not like everyone has to do that. People can, whatever, you can go on the CW and be on a show for 10 years. I don't care, you know, you, don't, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's for me, my journey, and that was it, you know? Right. Um, and what something we appreciate about Rami is that these characters are not like none of the characters are just like villains or non-villains you know you see these flips all the time um throughout the series of like okay this person is doing xyz like something not great like for example there's a scene with protesters um outside of a mosque mm -hmm. and then the way that they flip that and show one of the protesters and humanize in a way that really humanizes him um in that same episode I, I really appreciate that this is a recurring um, element of this show and that no one is one-dimensional. Yeah, I think a lot of like response to all the terrorist roles is like, we need to create positive representation, which is understandable, but sometimes that's really limiting too. Like most of us don't relate to these like picture-perfect positive representation well, characters. And I really yeah. appreciate how everyone on Rami is just kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean, I think about this a lot, like, even, like, when you think about, like, gay representation in the mm -hmm. 70s and 80s, like, all the gay guys on TV shows were, like, serial killers, were, were serial killers, and then there was, like, a period when it, they were just, like, all amazing and perfect, right. and then mm -hmm. when there's a, when there's enough representation that you, there are a lot of good gay characters and, like, a lot of shitty gay characters and so on, that's, that's when, um, I feel like, it's always a problem if you make the character shitty, if they're the only representation of any one identity. And what I love about Rami is that like, there are like, however many, like 10, 20, like Arab Muslim characters we're following and caring about. And so each of them is shitty in a different way, in a human way. But I don't look at like one character and say they're shitty this way because they're Arab or because they're Muslim, because everybody else in the show is not like that. So yeah, that's that's like part of what I love about the show so much. Yeah. Well put. I agree. Do you want to talk about what it was like playing Uncle Nassim this episode, like, or this, or both seasons? Or actually, can we, or, can yeah, we, can we go back actually series. and like, I, I, what I'm curious about is to hear more about how how the character evolved. Like when you first heard about the character, like. Um, did you know that that was where that was the direction that it was going to go in eventually or was that a surprise for you what was your discovery process with this character yeah. like uh, we talked about that a little bit at the you know we did the paley you know the paley center um panel you know and we talked uh -huh. a little bit about that um when 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 we started when we started the um you know the the, the season of course there was no indication where it was going you know, and you know when Rami talks about it now, he says they kind of had the thought and the idea towards the end of the season, like they were having it halfway through the season, seeing how the character was was progressing. You know what I mean? And then, and then uh, towards the end of the season, they, they the the idea became like, okay, this is the direction that we have to go in. You know, it's you know we have to go in this direction. And then for me. Um, you know, I thought about it a lot. I thought about it a lot. And I remember, I, you know, I, I spoke to Rami and um, I remember, you know, we, we, when the show premiered, the show premiered at uh, the South by Southwest and I told Rami, listen, I have, you know, I was thinking about this idea, you know, um, like, you know, because, you know, Uncle Nassim is homophobic and, you know, his wife left and there's all these little nuggets in there, you know, why? Why is he so homophobic? You know, why is he this and that? And I think, what if he's struggling with his own sexuality? What if he is, you know, um, he, he's struggling to come out, he's gay. And, and he said, um, I said, well, that's, you know, what we've been thinking about anyway. And then I told him, well, I just want to let you know that um, I'm okay playing that. And, and that sounds very odd to anyone listening that why would I say that? You know, why would I not be okay playing a gay character? You know, and the reason I say that is because, uh, um, you know, 
making that decision comes with uh, a lot of backlash, you know, mm-hmm. and not only from, you know, communities in the United States, a lot of from back home, you know, in the Middle East, you know, I still have family in the Middle East. I have, uh, you know, then and, and the backlash will fall on them. You know what I mean, too? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I decided I was okay with it, you know? So, um, you know, I, I just wanted them to feel free. And then, you know, <laughs> I was just Here waiting. I was waiting impatiently, like just dying and trying to find ways to, you know, to sneak, to get sneak peeks into the writer's room. And, you know, they all must have had like strict, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, orders to do not let Lath know anything we're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so then when they sent me the episode, I was like, oh my God, I was just blown away. I'm like, this is going to be, this is not, this is going to be groundbreaking. It's going to be special. And yeah, I hope it is. My only fear was that. I can do it justice because there's a fine line between uh, um, doing something that is a caric- like a caricature, uh, you know, or something that's really deep and effective, you know, um, or to make some like, oh, the stereotypical, like, okay, uh, you know, a gay Arab guy come, you know, comes out and and it's, uh, you know, which you know the people have been doing that, but it's. Mm-hmm not like it's so it's all the same this is like beyond that this goes really deep into to uh uh, this man's heart and his soul and his pain his loneliness yeah i mean i i encountered this in casting a lot like I've, i've written like a couple of plays that are like about the lgbt arab experience and when i'm casting i always like I talk, I reach out to different actors, but I, I'm always like, I totally understand if you can't do it because, uh, and even like, like I haven't anything, nothing I've produced for myself has like been on the scale of Rami, but even for like a small production in New York, I worry about like the kind of backlash that they could receive or if they're uncomfortable, which is completely understandable. But what was completely like mind blowing and meaningful about that role is that it, it wasn't necessarily a coming out narrative. It wasn't necessarily a dealing with family. It was, it was so internal and all like the struggle was so within himself. And it explained so much about that character and it made that character who, who like, like in season one, Uncle Nassim was like the character I laughed at and enjoyed watching the most. But he also like reminded me of everybody I hated and that I did not want to like mm-hmm. ever be in contact with in real life. Um, but then after like season two, now I just like I feel for him. Everything makes sense in a way where I'm so much more empathetic towards him. Right, yeah. and you then him, right, you don't have to love him or hate him, but you can just understand him. And now you just understand him, and uh, and and you're absolutely right because you know this is the beginning. If he cannot, uh, you know, I'm sorry if I'm repeating this, but he cannot go to the next struggle. The next struggle would be. The coming out like to his community and after that coming out to his family then coming out to the world and they're all different stages and he cannot even move to any other stage until he he accepts himself and he just can't do that right yeah, yeah. and i think um also along with that inner struggle it just really fits in with the rest of the show because it's yes like his narrative as a closeted gay person is specific but also everyone else at that point in the season is hiding something or lying about something or having some kind of double life, whether it's about sex or money or whatever. Um, and it, it's, I think a lot of the show is about repression. Like what happens when we're repressing or hiding something and how does that like affect how we behave on the outside? And that doesn't necessarily excuse how all these characters are behaving on the outside as they deal with their internal struggles but it explains it it. yeah and there's no like simple resolution to anything or a simple formula formula i don't know like with the with the closeted gay character like there's no there's no resolution you know you you're left with like okay this is going to continue to be hard and that's real it reflects real life because that's how it is Uh, there's no easy resolution for life right 
no easy resolution for life, you know, and it's, um, yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so excited to, you know, to be part of the conversation too, you know. It's so funny because like, you know, to go back to what Adam was saying, how hard it is to cast them, you know, because <laughs> even in America, we're open-minded and everything, but we're still, it's really the same, you know, you can have, you know, communities who uh, can have issue with it and, yeah, you know, risk, fact risk factors. I've had friends, I've had friends who, like, who, you know, was sending me messages, like, with every episode, every episode of the show, this is incredible, you're so funny, this is great, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh my God, I just saw the, you know, the, the father's episode, it made me so sad, it reminded me of my father. And then, silence, I don't hear anything, because they don't, no. know, what to, they don't know what to say, it puts them in a very uncomfortable yeah. space. And then, uh, or some people will send me messages, like, well, you know, I, you did a great job, you know, but, you know, I totally understand that you're just acting, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, that's terrible to say. Why, why, why would you say that? Right. Why, yeah. Why would you, why would you say that? Um, and, and this is actually a common message that I would get, like, you know, at least just, we know you're just acting. I'm like, well, why are you saying that if I wasn't acting, if I was really gay, would be a problem? You know what I mean? And so it's, it's, um, it's like no homo on someone else's behalf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a few months after season one came out, I was in Egypt with my family, and we started watching it, and they loved it. They loved all of season one so much, and my fa and my family is like a very average Arab conservative family, and when season two came out, I sent them the whole season, and I was like, okay, I'm excited for you. I watched it first. And first there was like the trans sequence that is in Misa's episode. And then two episodes later, or three episodes later, there's your episode. And they haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm so excited to see how they react when they watch it. Like I've been waiting for them to get there because I want to know how they react because it's so, the way it's depicted, it's not like somebody trying to come out or whatever, it's internal. And so I'm curious, I'm curious because of, I feel like your story it can, it shows, like, it's, I feel like even somebody who's homophobic can be empathetic towards it because the character himself is grappling with that. I feel like once a character wants to come out and, like, they identify as gay in that way, then, like, I feel like more homophobic people or people who are not able to understand will, like, be judging of that character. But when the struggle is internal, I wonder, I wonder if that will make a lot of people think more. Yeah, you you bring out you bring out a good point, Adam, which um, um, I, I think about a lot. Is like you have several generations, right? You have right now, like it's all about educating the younger generation, you know. So when the younger generation is 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 uh, more educated about this, and then we can move forward because in the end, the future is yours. You know, you're the younger generation, but the older generation, you have you have a certain generation that's above mine, that like there's no you can't even change anything in them it doesn't matter but then you have my generation right you know call it the mtv generation we grew up watching mtv and stuff like that it's like the generation that you know when you have someone homophobic you can't it's hard to unlearn something when you grow up look there's many reasons the thing is like you know people have to understand like homophobia in the middle east is is a little bit different the origins of it is a little different than here you know what i mean because yeah. over here in america there's so many resources for you not to be homophobic but you choose to be homophobic right in in the middle east you know you grow up you know when i was growing up listen we have no you know we have no resources to to be you know we're taught about one thing about politics right we're taught one thing about sexuality you know we're taught one things about uh, same thing about like black people and all these things. So you grow up and that's what you know, right? So then if you're there for like 50 years and you come here, of course you're gonna be homophobic, you know, by default, you know? So what, 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 what we can do though, I think, is that we can educate that generation that maybe will still remain homophobic, but to have respect, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To have respect, you know, uh, uh, and, and understanding and empathy, you know what I mean? But you yeah. don't have to agree with it, but you can have understanding, empathy, and 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 I think that is something that we could do. Like I have a friend of mine, like he's 
you know, extremely, extremely homophobic. I love him to death, you know, and we had the most incredible conversation after I saw the episode because I, I did not expect him to, uh, I expect him to have issues with it. And he really didn't. And when he visits me all the time here with his mm. family and all the time they come over and, you know, he, he doesn't understand it, but he has so much respect for it. He doesn't like, you know, we'll go, he always comes around this time, the parade, we go to the parade, we watch it and all that stuff. And, you know, there's respect. He has respect, but he has his views that that's who you grew up with and he won't change them. You know what I mean? So I'm, 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 I'm okay if you can get that far, you know, with, with certain people. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, this totally. enabled a conversation with him. I think there's a lot of in-betweenness when it comes to like homophobia or any kind of prejudice that we don't talk about. Like sometimes we expect that people are either perfect allies or they're totally rejecting you, and that's not necessarily what yeah. life always looks like. And sometimes we don't necessarily have enough conversation about how to navigate those like in-between people or that maybe that whole in between generation i see that a lot in mysa's character on the show like she's someone who like yeah clearly has has her prejudices and is pretty transparent about them but is also very she's she's capable to change like um for instance with the storyline with the trans lift mm -hmm. passenger like she doesn't walk out of there being like a picture perfect trans ally but she is someone who can recognize that she's done something wrong and try to change there or yeah. with like anti-blackness like she clearly has some reactions to her son marrying a black woman but then is like realizes she needs to swallow them and and that that I, yeah her, the, the in-betweenness of her not necessarily changing what she thinks down deep in her core, but recognizing that maybe something needs to change. Yeah, recognizing really like that she doesn't understand yeah, everything. And like she like she knows she's lacking understanding. That's a perfect example of what I just mentioned. Like, yeah. You know, and, it, and also, you know, it's amazing how like how timely season two is with everything that's happening too, because also yeah. it's just everything within our own community, like how we view, you know, black people's stereotypes and all that stuff, you know, and, mm -hmm. and every moment in the, in the, in the show, you know, the show is really, you know, what it is, it's a string of moments, really. It's mm -hmm. a string of moments that in each moment can spark a conversation and that's all it is, you know? Um, yeah. For instance, the, the, the stereotype of like when Uncle Nassim tells, uh, who, by the way, Mahershala Ali, the most incredible scene partner ever. <laughs> so receptive, so kind, and great to work with. But like at the moment when I tell him, like, um, you know, so <laughs> which prison did you convert in? Because that's a stereotype in our in our mind, right? That like all black people convert in in prison, and it's absolutely not true because that came from you know it's Malcolm X converted in prison, so that means every black person, right? Converted in, in, in prison. Meanwhile, you know the, the the black Muslim community is the largest in America. So it's um, it's uh, it's really good. So that that's a start of a conversation. So every little moment, and then he responds, you know, with with, with something else, you know. So um, and that's what I love about the show. It's not it's not trying to tell the world anything or try to educate the world world in anything. It's gonna it's just there to start conversations here and there you know what i mean people let people yeah. talk yeah like, i thought it, that was really spot on and also the way that um like the way rami's family shows how like arab muslims aren't taking black american muslims as like legitimate or seriously when they're like oh they're coming over like is he even a real sheikh like we need to drill him on the quran that kind of thing <laughs> right. when in reality they're like they're the more religious yeah. characters yeah, but, but then but then also there's a line. I'm not sure if it made it into the that scene was much longer. I'm not sure if it made it into into the scene when he says something and I said, Ah, he speaks Arabic. So like it's almost Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, but but it's almost fair, yeah. oh he's legitimate. He speaks Arabic, you know what I mean? So he's a legitimate Muslim. So it's really um it's great. So it doesn't nobody's spared, number one. Nobody is spared and uh and nobody's perfect, and that's a beautiful thing about it. And nobody's apologizing for anything. It's, it's uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I like that it highlights these flaws in characters and not like in a way that doesn't dismiss a common problem that there is uh, in real life. For example, the anti-blackness among um, Arab Americans or like the Arab, Arab community as a whole, um, like the way the show addresses it, it's like confronting that this it's exists. It's confronting it, but it's also um, casual. It's not like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't like dismiss that this is the reality. Yeah, but because that's a beautiful thing. Like you said, it's casual, but it's like it's not on the nose. It's not being drilled, right? It's not being drilled into you, but it's 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 enough in there to 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 for you to be aware of and to start talking about it and bring attention to it. You know what I mean? Right, for sure. That's uh, that's the genius of Rami. Like his mind, I just don't. I don't. I wish I could just live in his brain for like five and just like feel everything and how it operates and rewire my own brain that would be nice um, what other kinds of responses have you gotten to your role on the show either positive or negative the well the negative ones um i mean if you want to say them <laughs> oh yeah sure sure i've been called like you know it's there's certain words like i don't even even when i'm quoting someone i just find them hard to say so i won't mm-hmm. fair I, yeah a lot, a lot of derogatory uh, uh, words that um, you know, yeah, people have dealt with their whole lives, and and, uh, and it's it's uh, it actually it's it's incredible because you know it's, it just makes takes my understanding to the importance of it to another even deeper level. You know what I mean? Because I've always been empathetic and understand the struggle. Um, I always understood the the struggle and. And uh, you know, I've always been empathetic to it, but now I understand it on a deeper level because now I'm, I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling the same. I'm feeling the, the same hurt. You know, like why would you call me that? You know, yeah. why would you call me that? Watching you made me puke. You fucking f. You know, whatever. You yeah. Know what I mean? You know. Uh, you know. Fuck you. You blah blah blah. What made you say that? Why are you saying that? Are you are you still? Did it make you that uncomfortable? You know what I mean? You know, but then you get like all these incredible stories from all around the world. Even from Gaza, I get you know, people from, from Gaza, from Malaysia, from from uh, India, from Japan, every country in the Middle East, a lot from Egypt, you know, and some of them are like, you know, just simple thank you. Some of them talking about the details of what this episode means to them and, 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 and uh, how grateful they are. And it's incredible, you know, and then I get all the, you know, <laughs> all the nice comments that uh, you're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. No, yeah, I'm I, sure you don't mind that. <laughs> of course I don't. Gonna... <laughs> Why would anyone mind that? I don't. I don't care where, where it comes from. Right? Like... You're like, all right, all right, Mister Syria. Yeah. I mean, I, I I met a lot of like gay Facebook groups that are like secret in Egypt and the amount of uh, conversation that happened after, like we usually talk about Rami like when the season comes out anyway, but the amount of conversation about that episode and how people like watched it with their parents and so many people were able to have conversations with their parents because of the episode, because, you know, the parents are not going to like watch a gay movie, but this is a show they're already watching. So they they like had to watch this episode and like sometimes the like the younger person or the gay person didn't even know that that's what they were about to watch, um, mm-hmm. and just the amount of dialogue that has happened as a result of this episode is just wow. it's mind blowing to me. Oh my god, I'm so touched by that. That's so amazing. Just to know that just to know that one person, just to know that one person, had the courage to go tell their parents, you know, yeah. is. It means the world. It means like just one, just one person. That means this was a success. You know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like it's really, it's really fascinating. I, I, you know, I didn't expect it to, you know, because I didn't expect it to come out as good as it did. I was always worried because you know that fine line. You know, because it could have easily been somebody else could have made the same storyline and they could have just, it could have been like you know, terrible. Right. Yeah, no, that's so true. I see so many bad gay narratives. <laughs> yeah, but we had an incredible director, I mean, incredible writer, of course, Rami, and, um, and Kate Thulin, they wrote the episode, and then uh, Desiree Akavan, she directed it, and 
she just like was so meticulous about every every little moment you know what i mean every yeah. moment some of the, my favorite moments are in, in the in the episode were when i wasn't saying anything you know mm, yeah yeah just like the For facial me, the, expressions the and the silences yeah, the moment when he goes to see uh, his ex, um, like, I guess the guy he was with before the, he got married, uh, played by Waleed, uh, that felt like incredibly, like that whole scene of them talking after dinner alone, that felt incredibly emotional. And like praying, praying together and how like, like that whole sequence while you're praying, that was, that was heartbreaking. Last moment, the last moment on me when they're praying, that was like, yeah. I was, because it just says so much, you know. Um, it does. Yeah. It was so, you know, it was so important for her to capture that moment, you know, because, yeah, that just shows all the pain because he's always hiding behind, oh, I'm great, I'm great. And most people hide their pain by lying, you know, they, you know, I'm, I'm great, you know. If, if somebody tells me they're great three times in a row, I know they're lying. <laughs> Real. <laughs> You know? That's a good rule. Yeah. <laughs> good metric. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, anything that you're working on now that you can talk about? Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the response and hopefully, you know, get some, you know, get some opportunities um, now after this. Um, cool. Um, I write a lot, so this has enabled me to, to actually, you know, get my stuff further so I'm working on something too and um Sweet. make some announcements but um yeah, I'm looking forward to the future I mean I'm you know this time at home is very good to just reflect on things and yeah and, uh, you know we're all gonna bounce back you know better stronger and uh and we'll see what happens I'm, I'm very excited about about season season three it's not announced yet but I'm I'm hoping that I'm pretty sure that it'll they'll announce season three but yeah, uh, I'm excited to see the storylines where they go because I know they're gonna be wild. Because you know, first season just setting up the characters, you know, and and uh, you know, there's no like Uncle Nassim. The first season could easily have been perceived, even though second episode showed his humanity, but he could easily be perceived as like a you know two-dimensional character. But then that grew in third, second season, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Um, in third season because I know it's going to expand. You know? Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm really <laughs> excited, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I woke up kind of like uh, in a me very meh state of mm -hmm. mind. And it's I was really true. Just like sometimes you, the world is always full of terrible shit. But yeah. today I was feeling particularly just yeah. shitty about how shitty the world is this so conversation this... kind of turned that around yeah, for me same i'm so excited i'm so yeah. happy yeah like okay there is a future and <laughs> it might and it be good season three of rami <laughs> and that yeah um yeah thanks so much uh where can people follow you oh my god this is all this is all new to me too like this thing. <laughs> <laughs> instagram like my name Leif mackley i'm on instagram and um do answer I pretty much like try to answer or respond to everyone who's like you yeah. know like the meanies the meanies I'm finding a way to create a collage one day of all of their names and faces and... oh that can be some art some good art <laughs> they're giving it's... you material yeah yeah I might do that one day but um yeah they can reach me out there you know on, on Instagram I do respond and um yeah forward to uh i'm looking forward to seeing how you know because it's only been two weeks so i'm looking forward to more people seeing the season and more people seeing this uh, you know and hopefully move the conversation forward you know for all of us you know yeah i love, I love you know i just love people man i don't know what you, who you are what your sexuality is your identity it doesn't matter we're all freaking born the same you know we have the same you know we have blood we have a heart we have the same body parts you know what i mean so yeah. why can we just make it about good or bad good or evil you know what i mean so it doesn't matter everything else doesn't matter it's it's mind-boggling to me why did why do these things have to matter what, yeah. what 
why do you care about this? What is that going to do to you? Right. Like, what is it? What, what do you care about if two people the same sex love each other or two people of different races love each other? What does it, what, yeah, how does it affect you? Yeah, go get a hobby. Yeah. How does that make your How does that make your life more difficult? You know what I mean? You know, how yeah. does giving black people the same rights as you make your life difficult? How does, you know, so that's whatever the big question that boggles my mind, you know, hopefully it will be solved one day, maybe not in my lifetime, but hopefully one day it will be solved. But it's just mind boggling to me that we have to work so hard to get there, you know, where it's like really a simple thing. It's like, why, you know, why do people need to have uh, presidents or uh, governments need to have so much power? Why? What does it do? What does it mean? You know, what does it mean? All that to me is like mind boggling. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably playing a tiny, tiny, minute piece of, of that, but I'm glad to be part of you that. Are. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Really means I'm not like I have my own flaws my god I have so many you know what I mean but loving humanity and all that stuff is not one you know it's not one of them so I love it um, you know so we should all be just one well, that's all I think all I can think about say yeah yeah love that um, thank you all so much for listening you can follow us at the queer arabs instagram on twitter and facebook and email us at the queer arabs at gmail.com and we are now now on spotify by the way check oh. us out on there <laughs> and yeah we are um our website is thequeerarabs.com so thank you late this was beautiful thank you guys thank you so much i really appreciate it and thanks for having me and thank uh, you so much let me see your faces and say goodbye to you. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>